Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search eChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. Glory. And Pastor Philip and Miss Kelly had the unique experience of coming to Ohio and joining us in Bowling Green. For our 20th anniversary, boy, we had a great time. Our people fell in love with your pastor and Miss Kelly. Praise God, he brought the word of God to our church, and our church was blessed and refreshed, and they're still talking about it. One of my young people in my Fire Institute class, has a discipleship class that I have, I kind of talk fast because I'm from the north. We're both Yankees. I mean, anyway, <clears throat> so he, I, one of the questions I had asked him was, some of my students uh, was, uh, what's one of the best or one of the most, uh, um, and I say famous, but one of the greatest guys you've ever met in your life, and he put Pastor P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, Pastor who? No, <laughs> it was great, it was great. And uh, God bless him. You know, he was fed by that message. Now, one thing Pastor Phillips did say when he came to our church, he said that if you take notes, and I never heard this before, but he said that if you take notes, he said you're less likely to go to hell. Remember that? I thought, man, I never heard that before. But I, I, I kind of did hear this one, though. I heard that if you praise God and say amen when the pastor's preaching, you're less likely to backslide. I heard that. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I made that one up myself. <laughs> but how many are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Well, well, there you go. After being 60 years old, I carry multiple sets of glasses with me. I only need these. <clears throat> Yeah, I just turned 60. Can you, I don't look 60, do I? <laughs> I didn't hear anybody say, yeah, thanks, I appreciate it. My hearing's gone, too. I just wanted to know that. <laughs> Pastor Philip and I have a tremendous relationship and a great friendship, and the only way that can happen is because of the Holy Spirit. And he put us together 20 years ago, and uh, God has certainly blessed this man and his family and uh, I've come to you today to preach the Word of God to you. I haven't come to make friends and influence people. I've come to tell it straight. And I have a burden on my heart today, and I want to get it off my chest. And I want you to know that at the close of this service, this altar is open for you to come. And I would, if I were you, I wouldn't hesitate to take advantage of the opportunity because we don't know when Jesus is coming back, and this is our chance to get right with God. This is a chance for the church to get right with God. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Zechariah, chapter 4. Zechariah, chapter 4. We're going to begin reading with ver at verse 6. And the title of my message is, Is There a Mountain in Your Way? Is There a Mountain in Your Way? Zechariah. Chapter 4.
beginning with verse 6. Everybody there? I almost said, turn in your phones to Zechariah chapter 4. Amen. I see the lights out there. All right. Zechariah chapter 4, beginning with verse 6, it says this, Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel... Thou shalt become a plain. Zerubbabel is a type of Christ. Keep that in mind. Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you in Jesus' name. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And we ask that your anointing would rest upon this service, this word of God. May our minds and our hearts be touched for the kingdom. And may your word find a place in our hearts. May your word find a place in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Is there a mountain in your way? Our families... Our family's spiritual welfare is at stake. Our country's future is teetering on the precipice. If you've been watching your television, you've known that that is true. Our marriages need a divine turnaround. And our churches need an infusion of power from on high that can turn the world upside down. And the answer is not rocket science. The answer is only God. That's the answer. Only God. When will the pastors return to the power of the blood of Jesus? When will husbands and wives Look to the peacemaker instead of the counselor who doesn't know God. I want to tell every Christian here, you have more to offer than an expert who doesn't know God. When will we stop relying on the arm of the flesh to solve our problems, build our churches, fix our country? Gimmicks have proven to be worn out, temporary, constantly changing, and politics often is self-serving and self-destructive. But there is someone who never changes. There is someone who will never leave you. There's someone who will never forsake you. And his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. There is someone who can turn darkness into light. 
There is someone who can turn death into life. There is someone who can bring hope to the hopeless and strength to the weak and freedom to the captive. The question is, who? Well, I think we know who. In the words of a song, only God can move a mountain. Only God can calm the sea. Only God can heal a wounded spirit. Only God, only God, only God can hear my heart's cry. Only God, my sin atone. Only God can give us calm assurance. Only God, only God. I don't know how that makes you feel, Pastor, but I know how it makes me feel. I know what it does in my own spirit and in my own heart. And that is that God, no matter what Washington says, no matter what the Senate says, my God is still on the throne. And God is still in charge. And God will never, never, ever, ever, ever be defeated because God is my God. I know that to be true because I've experienced that in my own life. An old preacher said this. I don't know who he is. I can't remember if my life depended on it. But an old preacher said this. He said, the problem with man is that he is not big enough for the position he has given himself. I'm going to say it again. He said, the problem with man is that he is not big enough for the position he has given to himself. And that is true. There is only one who is big enough for his position, and that is God Almighty. Only God. I know that's the title of your conference. But it's true. Only God. Only God. Only God is big enough for his position. And God alone. Zerubbabel, your mountain will become a plain before God. It says, before God, who art thou, O great mountain? Let me tell you this, folks. Only God can calm your storm. Who is this man, the disciples said, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Oh, glory to God. Only God can heal your wounded spirit. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. If you've got a broken heart today, he's the only one that can heal it. He's the only one that can heal it. They lowered a man through the roof. Jesus said, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And all the scribes and the Pharisees murmured amongst themselves, even in their own hearts, and Jesus perceived it. And they said, who can forgive sins but God only? Boy, were they right. Boy, were they right. They were knuckleheads, but boy, they were right on that. The truth of the matter is, only God can forgive sins. But God only, he's the only one. You know, Dagon found that out. What do you mean? Dagon found out that only God can do it all. That's what he found out. They stuck the Ark of the Covenant beside the, beside the, the fish god, Dagon. 
And, and then the next day, Dagon was falling down. But the Ark of the Covenant, which is a symbol of the presence of only God, was still there. And so they set it back up, knocked it down again. And the truth of the matter is, folks, they ended up getting rid of the Ark of the Covenant and sending it on its way. At least they had sense enough to know that you can only have one. The problem is they got rid of the wrong one. I said they got rid of the wrong one. And the problem with the church today is it's getting rid of the presence of God and it's keeping the method of man. It's time for us to get back the presence of God. Give up the method of man and know this. Your church will grow not by might, not by power, but only by my spirit, saith the Lord. It will be by no other means than by the Holy Ghost himself. Never forget that what I'm saying is true today, and it bears witness with your spirit because it is the word of God. Peter found that out on the Mount of Transfiguration, that it's only God. You see, Dagon found out that God will have no rivals. Dagon found out that only God is to be worshipped. Even Dagon wouldn't stand up. Even he at least fell down. But we don't fall down in front of our God. We give him a high five. Let me tell you, if God was in this place, and he is in this place, but if Jesus walked down the aisle of this church physically and you could see him, we wouldn't be high-fiving him. We'd be on our face before God Almighty, and we'd be saying, only God. We'd be saying, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. We'd be saying, only God can move a mountain. Only God can calm my heart. That's what we would be saying. And Dagon found it out. But as I said, so did Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. You all remember what happened there. The Bible says that Peter, Peter, James, and John, they saw Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. No, Peter, you know how Peter is, sticks his foot in his mouth all the time. Although I shouldn't talk. I've done that plenty of times myself. And my foot's size 12. That's what my problem is. And the problem is the whole thing fits in there. That's another problem. You guys doing okay? You're not bored to death yet, are you? So so he says, let's build three tabernacles. You all know what I'm talking about. One for Moses. One for Elijah and one for you. And all of a sudden, God interrupts him. Well, thank God, God interrupted the man. You know why? Because Peter found this out. God said, this is my beloved son. You hear him. In other words, don't listen to what Peter is saying. Because Jesus, you cannot put on the same level as Moses and Elijah or Confucius or Buddha or Islam. He stands all by himself. He stands all by himself. There will be no rivals. There will be no rivals. I didn't come here to make friends and influence people. I told you that in the beginning. I stand by it now. And your pastor is the same spirit as I am. And that is this. Only God can change your life. Only God can make this church. And only God can heal your marriage and your spirit. And you must know that it is not the arm of the flesh. It is only the arm of the spirit. It's the arm of the spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. All you need is Jesus. Zerubbabel found that out. Zerubbabel found it out. Zerubbabel found out from a word from God that it's not by might. You're not going to tear this mountain down by might. You're not going to build this temple by might, nor by power of a sheer army, but you're only going to see it happen by the power. Of the Holy Spirit. In other words, when it's only God, 
And my three points come out of this mess, out of this text. When it's only God, number one, when it's only his spirit that you rely upon, number one, mountains fall. Number two, grace flows. And number three, purposes will be fulfilled. Glory to God. You need to know that today. Is there a mountain in your way? That's another old song, Brother Al. I'm sure we probably know it, Brother Philip. Remember we used to sing it? This mountain shall be removed. That's an old hymn. It's, it's in the hymnal. I know a lot of people don't use it, but it's in your phone. It's in your phone. This mountain shall be removed by my spirit, saith the Lord. Number one. This mountain will become a plain. Mountains will fall in Jesus' name. Sir, I want to let you know today that thing that is like a mountain to you, that accusation that was false towards you but is robbing you of sleep day and night, that bondage that is wreaking havoc in your body, that is stealing your joy, that hindrance that is keeping the temple from being built, the ministry from going forward. I want you to know, my friend, it's coming down in Jesus' name. Do you know in every church, before there can be addition, there must be subtraction? I'm going to say it again. Before, in every church, before there can be addition, there must be some subtraction take place. Now, what am I going to tell you? This is a free one over here. I'll go over here. This is free. This isn't part of the deal. How many remember Jesus in John chapter 14, 15, and 16? He gives a tremendous treatise on the Holy Spirit. He talks about the Spirit in John chapter 14, John chapter 15, John chapter 16. But notice in John chapter 13, Judas is still in the room. And Jesus never goes into the detail of the Holy Ghost like he does in John 14, 15, and 16 until somebody, I said until somebody left the room. I want somebody to know today that which is like a mountain to you will come down. And know this, they've got to leave the room before it can come down. Does that mean that Judas stopped Jesus from doing things? The answer is no. You can't stop him. But there are some hindrances that are taking place in your life. It's not stopping you. No, you're still here. But it's hindering you from coming here and being released to talk and to feel and to experience the Holy Ghost power. And Jesus wants to be released, see. He wants to share some things with you, but there are some things that need to leave the room. Now, in this case, I'm going to say there are some things that need to leave the room of your heart. And until it gets out of your heart, sir, you can forget the mountain because only God can move a mountain. Oh, glory to God. Number two, grace flows. Grace will flow. If you read the Hebrew text, you'll find it says grace, grace unto it, which really could be say blessing, blessing. Bless it, bless it. In other words, to God be the glory, to God be the glory. I believe he was saying and going to shout grace, grace before the mountain fell, after the mountain fell, and when the temple was being built. 
How many know you can shout grace when you still got that mountain in your life? What do you mean? I mean, you can stand up and say, it's, a, it's another song. I didn't know I was going to sing to you, did you? I mean, it's another song. And you probably know it. You deserve the glory and the honor. Sing it with me. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we magnify your, even though I still have a mountain in my life, you are great. Oh, yes. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Sing it now. Yes, come on. There is no one else like. Oh, yes. And you are great. Oh, you do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Oh, do you see it? You can sing it. You can praise him. Do you know you need the Holy Ghost to allow you to have grace flow through your life so you can look at the person that's accusing you and say, God, bless him. Jesus said, if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? What you should do. Is love your enemy. It's in Matthew 5. It's in the Sermon on the Mount. One of the classes I used to teach down here in Baton Rouge many, many years ago. But Jesus said this. He said, you have heard that it hath been said. By the Pharisees, that is. You have heard that it hath been said. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. You know, that's not in the Bible. Those guys are nuts. You know what those priests were doing? Trying to tell the people those things are in the Bible. They're not in the Bible. Jesus says, that's not what the truth is. He said, the truth is this. Love your enemies. Bless them who curse you. Do good to them who despitefully use you. How many know that's easier said than done? I said, how many know that's easier said than done? And you know what that means? That means it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my what? Someone tell me. Somebody tell me. It's by my spirit that you can say grace, grace to it. You can't say hallelujah. You can't say bless the Lord or grace to your issue unless it's by the Holy Ghost. In other words, you need Jesus. In other words, if you're going to live this Christian life, you need the Lord. It means there's never going to be a time when you're not going to need him. Oh, grace, grace. That's what this man did. That's what he did. Oh, Job, he did that too. How many remember old Job? And they tried to tell him what three friends, whatever you can call friends, if those are friends, who needs enemies? You all know what I'm talking about. We're your friend, Job. Uh-huh, tell me something else. Anytime someone starts doing that, oh, I love, I'm going to tell you this in love. Look out. Oh, Pastor, I'm going to tell you this in love. I go, look out, honey. It's coming. Brace yourself. Whenever they do, I'm going to go, hey. We use words like that to, to sting people. But, but, but Job, here's what he said. He said, you know what? The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name. Grace. Grace, that means blessing, blessing. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. It's only by his spirit. And number three, only God can make his purpose be fulfilled in your life. It says this, that Zerubbabel, he said Zerubbabel started this thing. And guess who's going to finish it? The same man. He used to call me Jim Jerry. That's what he used to call me. Yeah. 
You know who that is, don't you? Jim Carrey. I never knew who the guy was. But he said the same one that started it is the same one that's going to finish it. Zerubbabel is a type of Christ. Let me say, folks, Jesus, what he starts, he fulfills. He completes. But I want you to notice how he does it. Not by might. Not by power. But only God. You know, that's saying the same thing. You know that, right? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord, is the same thing as saying, it's only God that's going to do this. Only God can finish this. Oh, yeah. Let me just say, Jesus started it, and he can finish it. If he started this church, he can complete it and fulfill it. He brought you and your wife together. And only God can keep you together. He's the one who saved you, and he's the one who can keep you. He's the one who supplied all your needs ten years ago, and he's the same God who can supply your needs today. Listen to it. Listen to it. He who hath begun a good work in you will complete or finish what he started till the appearing of Jesus Christ. Wow, that's a promise. I said that's a promise. Oh, thank God, I'm looking forward to it. Friends, I want you to know something. I can't finish it, and I can't start it. But if he starts it, then he can finish it. I want you to know something right now. That which begins in the flesh can never end in the spirit. For only that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that is true in all areas of our ministry. Always make sure that whatever you do on this platform, always make sure that what you do in your small groups and in your church is something that has been generated by the Holy Spirit. Always remember that. Because if it isn't, then you're going to have to repent and start over. I don't mean start the church. I mean start that thing over and hear from God. But it's far worth it because you don't want to be a cookie-cutter denomination. What you want to be is a God-called organization. Amen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But how's the mountain going to fall? How is the grace going to flow out of your mouth? And how will the purpose for your life, sir, be accomplished or fulfilled? Not by mine. I know it sounds like a broken record, but to me, it's not. To me, it's like music to my ears. Not by might. Nor by what? Power. But, but, but by what? Come on. My spirit saith the Lord of hosts. Oh, glory to God. Lord, I love you. I thank you that you started Word of Truth Christian Church. And I thank you, Lord, you can finish it. So what should you do? As we wrap this up, stop trying to do by the flesh what can only be done by the Spirit. And you're doing some things by the flesh in your life. And you know it. 
because this is true, stop trying to do by the arm of the flesh what can only be done by the Spirit. Always remember that efficiency in your church is different than effectiveness. I had to learn this. I directed choirs for many years. And I can tell you, efficiency says this. If you're going to sing, sing it right. That's efficiency. Efficiency says, if you're going to build a church, build it right. Efficiency says, if you're going to play a trumpet, play it right. We're going to rehearse for 35,000 hours. And we're going to do it right, you understand? For the glory of Jesus. Efficiency is concerned with doing things right. But effectiveness is concerned with doing right things. I want you to hear me. We in the church have gotten to the place where we don't need God. We've got technology. I want to let you know something. You can have all the technology you want, but if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you've got no life. You've got no power. You've got no nothing. My friend, it's time to get back to the effectiveness of the Holy Ghost. Of course I want to play it right. Of course I want to sing it right. But that doesn't take precedence because I found out one thing in rehearsals, and I've had a lot of them, that you can rehearse from now until you're blue in the face, but you can mess it up when you stand up here on Sunday morning. How many know what I'm saying? Well, we got it right 75,000 times. So what? If you stand up here and you start relying on your rehearsal and relying on your flesh, you're going to fall on your face. I don't care how good it sounds. I don't care how perfect you sang it. Now I'm meddling. Is that what that's called? I don't know what that's called. All I know is God sent me here to tell you that efficiency must never take the place of effectiveness. But if you have the Holy Ghost effectiveness, he will always be efficient to do his job and make it right in the sight of Almighty God. Hallelujah. You're not going to leave, are you? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Is there a mountain in your way? Stop trying to knock it down yourself. The altar call is right here, see. You've been trying to take matters into your own hands and fix it. It's time to come up here and renounce that you're trying to fix it and repent and say, God, have your way. I'll wait for you because when God does something, it might take longer than you wish it would. But God will always do it right. And he will always do right things. Amen. Amen. I hope you're getting some. Is there a mountain in your way? You see, Abraham found that out. Sarah and Abraham were waiting for the promise of God. Isaac didn't come. Isaac didn't come. Isaac didn't come. They got impatient. So you know they, they took matters in their own hands. Sarah says, Abe, can I call you Abe? Well, sure, honey. You can call me Lord, too. Okay, all right. She did, you know. And she said, why don't you go into Hagar and have a son with her or a child, and, and this will take the place of the whole thing, see? And Abraham, what did Abraham do? I will not. No, he didn't. He goes, well, okay. His problem was he was more than willing to oblige. 
And so they do by the arm of the flesh what can only be done by the arm of the Holy Ghost, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That's the only way they could do it, but they didn't wait. And you know what they got? Ishmael. Let me say it this way. You can have an Ishmael any time you want. But you cannot have an Isaac any time you want. You cannot have a church anytime you want. You cannot have anything anytime you want. It's only by God's grace and God's power and God's mercy. And when it comes because of him, look out, honey. So now what happens? Now we have an Ishmael on our hands. Well, thanks a lot, Abe. Now we're all dealing with it. You know how many people will be affected by your doing something in the flesh? I said, do you know how many people will be affected by you doing something in the flesh, even in this church? You've got to be careful that you don't lead people the wrong way. And every one of us are leaders. He said, no, we're not. Oh, yeah. To lead is to influence. And every one of us influence. It just depends on which way we influence people. Some people influence people this way. Some people influence people that way. You will influence people. Mom and dad, you are the leader in your home. What your kids see will be far more remembered longer than what they heard you say. What are you saying? I'm saying Moses found out the same thing. He's going to deliver Israel. So he goes out and sees one of his brethren fighting with, with each other. And he tries to break him up. And they said, hey, what about that Egyptian you killed the other day? And you hit him in the sand. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. You tried to. You tried, you tried to fix it yourself. And then you killed an Egyptian. You hit him in the sand. And now you have to run for your life. Tried to do it his own way. How many know that didn't work? Now, you know what we have? We have a dead man on our hands. Hmm. You know, Peter, he got in the way, too. They're coming to take Jesus in, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, just outside of it. They come, he gets his sword out. No, you're not going to take him. Right? He gets them. Wham! He whacks off Malchus's ear. You guys remember that? That's a cool story. He, he, he whacks it off. Can you imagine? Now we've got an ear on our hands. We have an Ishmael on our hands. We've got a dead man on our hands. Now we've got a cut off ear on our hands. Now we've got to have church and a healing meeting. See what happens when you get in the flesh. Jesus said, come on, Pete, what am I going to do with you? Grabs the ear, sticks it on. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. What are you saying? I'm saying the difference between the flesh and the spirit, one of the differences is this. It's the source of your action. In other words, it's this, my friend. Stop taking the initiative. When it's of the Spirit, He takes the initiative. I do the obeying, and God brings the victory. Only God means this to me. When I saw that phrase, only God, I thought this. God saying, leave me alone. That's what I thought. In other words, if you leave God alone, he'll do you better. If you leave God be God, he will do better than you could ever come up with yourself. If you stop trying to fix it, stop trying to grow the church, stop trying to do it and get on your knees before God and get your message and get your words and get your direction from Almighty God, he will see to it that eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them who love him. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. I'm not done yet, but I'm getting there. What I'm saying is this. Everything Jesus did was by the Holy Ghost. He was born by the Spirit. Conceived by the Spirit. He was filled in the Spirit with the Spirit. He did all the healings and miracles he did by the Spirit. The Bible says he died through the eternal Spirit. It was the Holy Ghost that gave him the power to even die on Calvary's cross. And it was by the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, my friend. The Spirit, hallelujah, was there when he rose from the grave. And the Spirit was involved and will be involved, not only in His ascension, but in His coming back to this earth. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it says in Revelation, it says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. I said, the Spirit and the bride say, come. What are you saying? I'm saying that when the Holy Ghost is involved in your church, everything will be done on time. But we've been waiting for thus and so on. And we've been waiting for 30 years and 10 years and five. What do you care? My pastor said to me many years ago, Brother Philip knows this. We talk about stuff like this. My pastor said this to me years ago. He said, Jerry, to hurry God is to find fault with him. And if you begin to hurry God, then you're getting into the flesh and doing things by the arm of the flesh. But if you'll wait, it takes time. It takes time. It takes time. Maybe God's trying to get somebody out of the room. Did you hear what I said? I said, maybe God's trying to get somebody out of the room. Oh, he would have rather had Judas repent. How many know that would have been better for Judas? It would have been better for everybody. But you know what? It's not, if that's not going to happen, well, then so be it. Make your choices. But my choices are affected by your choices. And only God, only God can keep it running and keep it going. Oh, if you do it by the Spirit, it might slow you down a little bit. You might have to wait a little longer. But your results will be better, they'll be quicker, and they'll be God-inspired. If you take your hands off, only God says this to me. It says, when He works, when He initiates, then I has not seen. When it's only God. It's amazing that you read that scripture this morning. When it's only God, all David needs is a slingshot and five stones. But when it's of the flesh, you need Saul's armor. You need the idea from the guy down the street. Hey, John, yeah, what are you doing this year? Well, my gimmick is... If you'll get on your knee, well, it worked when I got John's gimmick. Let me tell you something. It might work. But if, God, if it would have been God's idea, it might have blown the doors off of John's church. See, when it's only God, all you need is a slingshot. You don't even, you don't even need the technology. Oh, I thank God for it, by the way. Hallelujah. I got some myself. But you know what we've been having? I think, I think some of our technology is demon-possessed. I really do. I believe that. You, you had a, <laughs> Hey, Pastor P, we know what we're talking about. I think a lot of it has demons in them. I don't, I don't know, but I've, I've been trying to cast them out, anoint doors with oil, all kinds of stuff. But you know what? I found out what the Word says, and that is, thank God for it, but don't rely on it, because the Holy Ghost, when He comes down, you won't need it anyway. Yeah. You see, folks, when it's the flesh, when it's of the flesh, Joshua... 
He needs some scaling ladders. He needs... He needs some battering rams. He might need a Sherman tank and a couple of bazookas to knock down the walls of Jericho. But when it's God, I said when it's only God, I said when it's only God, all you need to do is march in a circle until God says shout now. And when you shout now, it comes down. I said it comes down. I said it comes down. Hear what I'm saying today. Stop trying to take the initiative for stuff and let God alone. Let him alone and watch God give you a word that if you obey it, you'll never see the end of it. Because God's kingdom will never end. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, when it's only God. When it's only God, Gideon... Gideon doesn't need 32,000 in his church, although it would be nice to have. But you know what? Gideon doesn't need that. You know what he needs? 300 men who are uncompromising men of God. All he needs is 300 men, a couple of pitchers, a few candles, and a couple of trumpets. Lord, have mercy. That's how you're going to defeat a couple of hundred thousand Midianites? Mm -hmm. That doesn't work in this town. I'm not talking about your town. I'm talking about the creator of the universe. I'm talking about his town. I'm talking about his kingdom. I'm talking about his city. I'm talking about what God wants to do in your life. It's time to take your grubby hands off. You've been sticking your nose in God's business. You've been sticking your nose in trying to make things work around here. Stop doing it in your marriage. Stop doing that in your life. Stop trying to fix what only God can fix. And get on your knees and sacrifice some time to your heavenly father. And watch God be God in this life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I give you praise. Let me tell you something, folks, and I'm going to shut up. When it's only God. Moses doesn't have to try to deliver Israel on his own. Y'all know he ran for about 40 years. How many of that cost him some time? I tried to do it on my own. We got a lot of people show up. Yeah, but it costs you some time. So he runs for his life for 40 years, and now God finally calls him and sends him in. You see, folks, when it's only God, you don't have to deliver yourself by yourself. When it's only God, you don't have to deliver the people by yourself. When it's only God, all you need is a call of God and a stick. That's all you need, the call of God and a stick. You know what Moses had? He had the call of God and a stick. He comes with a stick, and he put it on the water, and it turned to blood. He come with a stick, but it was the rod of God in his hand. Oh, glory to God. What are you saying? I'm saying, it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Do you have a mountain in your way? Do you have something hindering your life? Do you have a bondage, a sin that's festering? Do you have a sorrow that's debilitating? Do you have a marriage that needs mending? Don't take matters into your own hands. Bring it to the cross of Jesus Christ. And confess your fall to him. And confess that you've been meddling in God's affairs. And if you'll do it, Pastor Philip's going to come up and he's going to call you to it. We, we run the same wave here. He's going to call you to it, but I'm here to tell you this. If you'll do it, 
if you bring that down to this altar and confess it and repent of it, then I'll tell you this, you can be able to shout grace. Grace will flow, mountains will fall, and God's purpose will finally be accomplished in your life one day at a time because only God can move a mountain. Hallelujah. 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 Only God. Only God. If you would, everyone stand all over this place right now. Come on, you've heard the message today. And the invitation has been given. Come on, people are coming already. Come on, if you need to come right now. Come on, all over this place, just begin to respond right now. The message has been given. What we're waiting for now is the response. Come on, only God. You need that only God moment right now. Come Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, I can't do it on my own any longer. I've got to surrender it. I've got to give it. I've got to yield it. Come on right now. I've got to get out of the way. That's what we're doing right now. We're coming to the front, getting out of the way. Saying, God, right now, come on, we need you all over this place. Come on, we're seeking God all over this place. Come on, would you keep coming? Just keep coming right now. Just keep coming. Don't.